Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of Life After the Badge. I'm your host, Chuck Fry, and uh, just want to thank you for sharing your time with me today. I also want to thank uh, all the followers on the Life After the Badge page on Facebook. I really appreciate it. All the support's kind of humbling. <laughs> uh, one of the things about being retired is sometimes you feel like you're forgotten, especially if you never stay in one place for more than two to three weeks. But uh, y'all have taken care of that. I'm not forgotten. <laughs> I'd also like to remind everybody that uh, you can find me at Life After the Badge page on Facebook. And if you want to email me, with suggestions or ideas or criticisms or just say hi after the badge podcast at gmail.com um, if you go to my podcast page which is life after the badge dot buzzsprout.com uh, there are links there to any one of the social medias including twitter and uh, instagram but uh, like i said i really appreciate you helping out Today I'm going to talk about uh, places to live uh, when you retire, and states to live. I'm not going to narrow it down any more than that. And what to consider when you're thinking about uh, where you want to go once you're done and yeah, looking for a good place to just you know chill out, finish it out. <laughs> the list of six things here um, in no particular order because there is no order. It it's all. It all depends on what's important to you. Some of these decisions are made for you. Some of them you can make for yourself. For an example, uh, one of them is the weather. Something as simple as the weather. A lot of people hate the cold. You know, I did my whole career in Pennsylvania, well, most of it, and I learned to hate the cold. Really learned to hate the snow. And it's pretty for about five minutes, and then you have to go to work in it. It's not fun. But beyond the, the fact that I just hate the cold, um, my wife uh, had a condition a couple of decades ago, well, a little over a decade ago, I guess, um, called transverse myelitis. This affected her, uh, the fluid in her spinal column, and it uh, kind of affected her body like a stroke. For a while, she couldn't walk. She... Um, she would crawl or, or wheel everywhere she had to go. And uh, if you know Jen, you know that uh, that wasn't going to fly with her. She's just a ball of energy. And so she was determined to walk again. And not only did she walk again, but she began running uh, 10Ks and then half marathons and then marathons. That uh, wasn't easy for her, especially if the weather dipped. And when it gets cold, the whole left side of her body starts to go numb and she starts to lose uh, strength in the left side of her body. So we, uh, we kind of stick to the warmer places. So that was a big factor for us. Uh, some of the other factors uh, to consider is the quality of life, which again is uh, interpreted differently by different people. Um, some might consider... A higher quality of life, uh, soaking up the culture of a big city, um, and others find it a higher quality to be in a solitude, being surrounded by nature. Jen and I chose the beach. 
Um, we talked about it for a long time. We both love the beach. Um, love fishing. Uh, love hanging out at the beach. And that's the choice we made. Neither one of us could see living in a big city. It just wasn't us. We have talked about um, other bodies of water. <laughs> as long as we're near water, uh, you know, a lake, uh, even a, a nice river. Um, we spent some time on the New River up in northern North Carolina. It's gorgeous. Next factor to consider would be uh, cost of housing, which has been skyrocketing. I mean, just ridiculously uh, since the pandemic. And some places started with, you know, high rent, high housing prices, and they've gone even higher. So where you plan to buy your home and, uh, you know, concessions you're willing to make in location, or if you're going to hold off and see what the market does, that's another consideration to make. Another factor is health care costs. A report in uh, 2021 from the Health View Services stated that uh, the average, the average retirement health care costs for a single retiree is between $156,208 to, you know, over a million dollars for the length of their retirement for the rest of their lives. This does include um, insurance payments um, and, uh, you know, Medicare Part D premiums, um, Advantage plans, Medigap premiums, um, but also location makes a difference. And I, actually, I didn't know this. Massachusetts and Maryland are the most expensive in these categories. Um, but Hawaii and New Mexico are actually less expensive. And uh, with a lot of the costs being up to 50% lower, if uh, you were lucky enough to work for a department that allows you to keep your health benefits when you leave, that's huge. That's huge. Um, I am lucky enough to fall into that. And Jen and I are covered for the rest of my life. And that's something I wouldn't want to pay out of pocket. Couldn't do it on one income, for sure. Another category would be cost of living. Um, a state's cost of living is actually... Uh, a coverall or an umbrella category uh, that includes housing and healthcare, insurance, taxes, but it uh, it's also the cost of daily goods and services, food, you know, gas, fuel. Uh, some places in the United States are easier on your wallet than others. Um, if you're looking down, looking to trim uh, your costs, this would be a big consideration. Another big factor to consider. Um, well, basically throughout your life is uh, taxes. When you're working, it's a, it's, it's a big consideration. But when your income is decreased, maybe to 50%, up to 75 80%, depending on what kind of pension you have, depending on your savings, um, it can become a huge factor. And whether you pay taxes on it or not, whether you pay diminished taxes, percentage tax, uh, that's big. And so that's where looking state to state can pay off. It, uh, can definitely make a, a huge difference in your, in your quality of life. Some states have no individual income tax burden at all. 
Um, Alaska has no income tax. Tennessee is very low, 0.06%. Wyoming has none. Florida, none. South Dakota, none. Uh, some other states, uh, low. Del Delaware is 3.28%. Uh, New Hampshire is 0.14%. But uh, when, you, when you look at tax rates, there are different tax rates. Um, and this one article I looked at uh, is written by Paul Deere. He is a certified financial planner and uh, the vice president of advisory services at Empower Annuity Insurance Company. And uh, what he does is he, he puts the taxes together into an overall tax burden um, and then categorizes each state. And so, uh, you know, one through 10 for the best, you know, the lowest tax burden uh, is Alaska. Number two is Tennessee, Delaware, Wyoming, New Hampshire, Florida, South Dakota, Montana, Alabama and Oklahoma. In addition to the states I just listed that charge no state income tax at all, there are four states that don't touch your retirement income. And those are Illinois, Iowa, Mississippi, and Pennsylvania. So there you have it. There's uh, some factors to look at when you're trying to decide what state's best to live in to spend out the golden years of your life. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of the consideration is financial. So I guess the next subject is, how much money do I need to retire? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if somebody could just give you an answer to that question? How much money do I need to retire? Am I going to have enough money to live on when I'm retired? It's legitimate. It's scary. But there's no easy answer for this, and there's uh, there's so many factors that go into it. What is your lifestyle? How much money do you need to continue doing things the way you do them? Uh, are you ready to make some sacrifices to that? Or are you ready to get a second job, maybe even start a second career to bolster your pension so that you can live as good as you've been living, or at least close to it. As I tried to do some research into uh, this question, I learned that there are, you can easily go online and find the average salary for a police officer in any state. And even that is shaky because there are departments, you know, five, six-man departments that might pay $14 an hour. There's bigger city departments that might pay, on an average, closer to ninety or a hundred thousand dollars a year. So that one's a tough one. But for the purposes of comparison, I just used uh, a salary site and um, got some averages. Uh, the average police officers in Pennsylvania, sixty-one point seven thousand a year. Georgia, sixty thousand. North Carolina, 59000 Tennessee, 56000 New York, 73000 a year. But it cost $8 for a loaf of bread in New York City. So everything's relative. Alaska, 58000 
Texas, 60,000. California, 69.2. And uh, they fall right in there, roughly. But the, the thing is, bigger in the pensions. And if you, <laughs> as easy as it is to find national averages for police pay, it's that hard to find any kind of a comparison for pension plans because there are as many pension plans and calculators as there are Ponzi schemes. <laughs> and uh, I guess I don't really want to compare that, but they're, um, some of them are based on years of service, uh, years of age, combination of the two. You can figure some, just like a calculator, uh, North Carolina is 1.8% times your yearly salary times years of service. And then it'll, you know, get you pretty close to what your pension's going to be. Then there are other departments that figure your pension just straight, straight on uh, experience. How many years you have, what's your rank. How much sick leave did you use is figured in. Uh, how much annual leave do you have left, personal leave? Um, and that figures into it. And then there are options when you go to take your pension. Uh, you want to collect part of your pension monthly and the rest go to your family after you pass. Do you want you know, all of it, you know, your, your maximum amount? every month and again it depends on what kind of lifestyle you're trying to keep up so basically if you make when you retire if you make let's just say let's pick a number a hundred thousand dollars a year and you live in a state that's not that pension friendly um we'll pick on north carolina for a minute uh if you make a hundred thousand dollars and you're retiring at 25 years of service these numbers aren't exact. Don't hold me to them. If you want to give me, send dirty comments, there's <laughs> probably a lot more things about my production that you could slam besides my math. <laughs> but $100,000, it was 25 years of service. 1.8% um, multiplier. Uh, at 100000 a year, you were making about $8,333 a month. And... Your pension will be $3,750 a month. That's quite a difference. You know, can you take that shot? Um, now that's if maybe you're single or you're single salary family, single income. Now, if you figure in a, you know, your spouse or significant other has a job and they have money coming in, uh, maybe they have a pension to look forward to. All these things factor in. So, uh, you know, I guess the big question is, when I retire, am I going to count on that pension? Which most circumstances, you cannot. So, maybe it's time to get another job. And most people do. Advice there is to uh, find a job. Find something you like to do, something that's fun, matches your interests. Uh, but... Don't go for another career unless that's really what, you, you know, you're young enough and you really want to start a second career. Maybe something else in law enforcement or, or related to it. 
that's what you want to do, fine. But uh, you want to kind of relax and kick it down a gear. Find a job you like doing, but something that you could walk away from a lot easier than you can another career. Something that doesn't tie you down as much. So financially, that's your decision whether you need to take make that job, take that second job. Um, but there are other reasons for that too. And I've touched on them in, in previous uh, episodes. And one of them is when you first retire, talked about this with Bob, and I've talked to just openly, um, you're going to have that identity crisis. Um, I didn't think I would, but I did. It just, you've lost your identity. It's, that's how it feels. You're, you're leaving a family that you've been with for 20 to 25 years, maybe more. Uh, you'll miss your partners, other ones you've worked beside. People that always had your back and you knew they would. And uh, also there's that adrenaline rush. And you get every once in a while, you get that dispatched call and and uh, you get that rush, you respond to it. You know, the adrenaline rush of a pursuit. Not too many people are prepared for those feelings. And uh, it would probably be a little easier if you at least knew the bottom and eased into them. Whatever reasons you have for... Uh, getting a job after you retire. Um, before you retire, is there's, there's a few things you should probably do and, and prep for it. Um, try to obtain some training that relates to, you know, the job that you're going to go after after you retire. Um, network with private sectors, uh, leaders and educators. Get, you know, get a, get a feel for what it's going to take and, and uh, start getting that information. Try to, try to catch up you've been out of the private sector. Attend college-level business management courses. It's a good start. Uh, or whatever courses are going to help you out in that next job. Uh, work part-time before you retire in the field that you're looking at working in and uh, make the transition easier and, and you've got already got his foot in the door and headed that way. I'll probably talk about post-retirement employment in future episodes, but uh, this is just probably the, the two main reasons, I guess, it was, was my point here. And number one is financial stability. Number two is just uh, not having a job, even if it's not law enforcement related. It, it's, it's a shot to your psyche, it really is. And um, a lot of police officers, they retire and they just, they just wither away. And that's a shame. Uh, so much, so much more to give, so much more to live. So that's my biggest takeaway: is no matter what you do after you retire, whether you just get another job or get into a serious hobby, and a lot of times that hobby will turn into a job. I've seen that a couple times, very successfully. But do something. Don't just sit and and vegetate and rot away. I think I've taken up enough of your day. <laughs> uh, I want to thank everybody again for listening. Uh, I want to thank people for the uh, comments and suggestions on social media. Really appreciate those. That's that's why I'm on there. Uh, I want your feedback. Uh, if there's something you want to hear about, something that interests you, let me know. Definitely. Um, again, my uh, Gmail, if you don't want to comment publicly, is 
after the badge podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you go to the site lifeafterthebadge.buzzsprout.com, that'll bring up my basically my webpage and all my links are there for social media. If you like what you're hearing, um, subscribe, please. Tune in, keep up. I am going to try my best to do at least one episode a week, maybe more, and I might miss one every once in a while. That's one of the joys of being retired. <laughs> so until then, everybody have a good week. Um, love your families. Love your friends. Keep your head on a swivel, and remember, always watch the hands. <laughs>